America should be the absolute powerhouse in rowing. There's no doubt about it. Like, if your shit was together, you guys would dominate every single boat category in the world. And I was so enthralled <laughs> watching this volley, this tennis match back and forth. I'm just, you know, like, I'm just watching it go back and forth, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be part of this. I'm Alex Del Sordo, and I have another episode of Coaches Yelling. Uh, I think this is going to be a unique one. We have uh, oh, we have a lot of Olympians here and people that have broken world records. Today with me, I have a panel that uh, is the best one yet. I'm really excited for this one, uh, and I'm going to do my introductions here today. Luke Walton. So, Luke, let's see. Luke Walton, uh, the guy that has is undefeated in American collegiate rowing. He is uh, the founder of Rower Academy. Luke, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much again for having me. Uh, was able to finish second on the first one, finished last on the last uh, show that we just had. I have a to-do list I'd like to share with the group. It's got four items on it. <laughs> we need to beat Carrie, beat Mike, don't lose to Eric, and then I got to buy milk and toilet paper. And I'm thinking the hardest thing I'm going to do today is find that toilet paper in America. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, you're right. Luke uh, Luke lost that last round, so he's going to bring the heat. Next on the list is a uh, is a gold medalist in the Olympics, two-time world champion, the winner of last week's episode, Carrie Simmons. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hey, thanks for having me again. And um, Mike and Luke, kudos to you to uh, rising to the challenge again. We'll see. We'll see. Eric, welcome. <laughs> okay, I love it. So, we, uh, the next on, on the list here is Mike Wallen. Mike is the, uh, the, the program director of Chicago Rowing Foundation. Uh, one first week loss last week. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Glad to be back. Uh, looking forward to uh, keeping the momentum going. Man, a few words. I really just appreciate that. Uh, and our, our, the guest, the special guest today, uh, this guy has won two Olympic gold medals. If you are a rower and don't know this guy, you are an idiot. Uh, I have Eric Murray from down under in New Zealand. Welcome to the show, man. G'day, team. Look, hey, that's pretty new for me. I'm not, well, actually, I'm not, I'm, I am used to sitting on my ass and going fast and winning. And I'm sitting on my ass here, but I don't know if I'm going to be winning this. So we'll, um, I, look, wow. if we're going to have a bit of fun, we're all about having a bit of fun. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it turns out. Oh, I love it. That is a great introduction, Eric. Again, welcome to the show. Really excited to have two Olympians here, uh, and actually three, because uh, two Olympic gold medalists and an Olympian here, Luke Wallen. I keep forgetting, Luke, you did race the Olympics. You just didn't win, uh, hoping to win today. So we're going to get right into the questions, and Luke, you're, you're up first, okay? Just, uh, I'm going to get the timer ready. Here's the question, Luke. From the high school all the way up to the Olympics, which boat is the hardest to win a gold medal? And then subsequent question, which boat should be deemed the best boat? You're on the clock. Uh, hardest boat to win a gold medal in? I, I'm going to say straight four. And the reason I'm going to stay straight four, I'm, I'm going with a lot of photographic evidence and things today. This is Eric <laughs> winning in 2012 in the pair. So it's not a hard event to win, right? How hard can it be if you're winning by that much on the international level, right? I'm yeah. kidding. I'm totally kidding. But I really do think it is the straight four. I think it's the straight four because of steering, all the calls, and rowing as a team sport. Um, four individuals there. 
so I, I think that is the hardest boat to win a gold medal in. Uh, second part of the question, right? I'm, I'm going right into yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, what do we deem the best boat? Well, if we're looking for the best individual, the best rower, then we're talking singles. But again, it's a team sport, so I'm not sure we want to go that way. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think the, the four, it's the hardest and should be deemed the best boat. Um, I, I would hate to limit it to the single because rowing's a team sport. Hmm. And All sorry, right. Coxins, you're out. Uh, it's not the eight. We're going to go Carrie here because she, uh, she won last week. Carrie, <clears throat> same question. I'm going to repeat it, and then you're on the clock. So from high school all the way up to the Olympics, which boat is the hardest to win a gold medal, and which boat should be deemed the best boat? You're on the clock. Well, I hate following Luke because I feel like me and Luke have spoken too much this week, and now we're kind of got some same thoughts. But – Sorry, high school athletes. I'm going to go elite for the best boat because those are the best athletes in the world. I'm also of similar mindset. Like, can we have a boat class that marries both kind of big boat and small boat challenges? Mm -hmm. To me, it's the quads, men or women's. So you have four people. There's variables there. You got to work together. It's a team work event. Um, There's steering, so no coxswain. And then you have a really fast moving boat. So you need to have not just power and strength like the eights, and the single and whatever, but you need to be very precise. And so for me, I admire the quads because it's very hard for myself. And so I would say that is the hardest to win an Olympic gold medal. You see it change hands all the time. There's not a lot of repeat winners in that event. Yeah. And I think it's the best boat. So now yeah. what do you say? You got 30 seconds on the clock. So you're oh. saying that should be the deem that should be the best boat regardless. Like moving forward. At the Olympic level, we should say the quad, you're the best four people in the world? I mean, okay, so I'm a sweep rower, so that's a hard thing to stomach. <laughs> I would say it's the most skillful boat. I don't know if I want to say the best boat. So, again, we're I'm always not going to give you a firm answer. So we're always look, we're, we're looking for the best. Like, I know. We're for the best. I know. Um, the best boat's the one I'm in. No. Um, <laughs> oh, done. I like dude. that. You're going to end with five points there. All right, so – we're going to, we're going to, that, that gave Eric Murray, who's never been on the show, a chance to kind of feel it out. So Eric, you're up next. You have a minute and a half. Now I'm going to, re, I'm going to say the question one more time. Yep. And then when I'm done, you're on the clock. So Eric Murray, Olympic champion from high school, to the Olympics, which boat is the hardest boat to win a gold medal and which boat should be deemed the best. You are on the clock. Okay, well, I don't think you're asking the right question because if you're asking what's the hardest to win a gold medal in in all those classes, it's actually a class, which is the novice event because if you you only get one shot at it. So if you win a novice, you only get one go at actually winning it, okay? So that's going to be my first point. Um, The other point is I would say that the hardest boat to win in is probably the four. I'm actually going to agree with Luke. Basically because at the Olympics, you, it's easy to find four people or have a program of eight people and get them working well together. So you normally see a really good spread of countries uh, at the elite level in the four. And that's, and that's one of the really good things about it. And so you don't have to, like you could say the pair, but you can get a really good pair combination like us, like the Aussies, you go back in history, you can win time and time and time again, but getting a four going well and then losing one person, having to stack it up again, um, it is actually getting there. And I do, I, I agree with Kerry as well on the same thing. Um, trying to get a quad, they are really skillful. So um, I would say that, but to be fair, I reckon the double is probably one of the hardest boats to get going um, because you can, it's hit and miss. 
there's people that peak for different regattas. Um, and so to actually win it on the day at the Olympics, if you go back in history, it's changed a hell of a lot every single time. Some mm. people get it right, some people don't. And, um, and that's, I, I would say that's probably the hardest. Time. So, you know, it's funny, Eric's new to this. Eric did what Luke did last week and had like five answers. Okay, so <laughs> I like what he's saying. Um, I'm going to give Eric six points that round. So, Luke, again, you know, four points here. Eric's in the league right now. Kerry, now Mike. Okay, the, the original winner here. Here we go. So, Mike, from high school to Olympics, which boat is the hardest boat to win a gold medal and which boat should be deemed the very best? You're on the clock. Well, I, uh, I disagree with you guys. Um, in high school and college, there's no doubt about it that the eight is the hardest race to win. Um, it's, it's the deepest field. Most, or a good chunk of the field in the other categories, in our country anyway, are dictated by crews that have bowed out of the eight race and have decided to row a four or a pair or something else because they can't compete. So that dis discredits those events a little bit. At the Olympics, you know, where you guys are coming from, certainly, you know, I respect your opinion on the four and, and who's in it, and I think you can say that that's probably true. But the fact is the sport doesn't force the best people to race each other, and I think that's the biggest problem. You know, if, if the setup, you know, for me personally, I, I think it should be the, the single should be the best sculler in the country, and the pair should be the best two sweepers, and those should be the priority events of the Olympics. We, that, that gets small countries in the mix. You know, it's a lot more likely that a country that's not dominant in rowing could, could come across you know, a superstar or two and be competitive in those events. And then I think the rest of the field should go into the eight. So you kind of see you have a, you have a celebrity. This is our best guy. These are our best two guys. And then you have, these are the other guys on the team. Um, and it's viewed as somewhat of a secondary event, but still very exciting. And you still get the celebrities um, and the names that our, our sport needs. Like I, I know who Murray is. I know who Bond is It's because they're in a small boat. It's a pair. They're multiple champions. And, and, and that's why they're famous. I, I don't know who's in the New Zealand eight. You know, I don't. Um, and if these guys were in the eight, I don't know that I would know them, even if they won. Um, so, right. Wow. Uh, I love that. I, listen, I can't give my opinion. I got to keep my opinion out of this. You guys, you guys will have this argument the next round. But uh, moving on to the next question, and I think this is a good tie-in to the first question. And we're going to go back to Luke to start. Actually, we're going to reverse it now. I want Luke to be able to close out so that he can hear everybody else's message. Uh, Wallen, you're going to be on the clock for this one. This is 60 seconds, so you get 30 seconds less time. Mike Wallen, should we have, in the world of rowing, a professional rowing league? And why? You're on the clock. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be reversing on this because for this, I would actually now go to the four since the uh, pair and single and the eight are in the Olympics. For this, I would want the four. I feel like at that point, you could start collecting combinations and it would be the race that you guys are talking about. I'm absolutely for it. I'm for athletes getting paid in any spectrum possible. I think the athletes in college should get paid. Um, anything we can do to support these guys, I think it would make the, the sport blow up. For, from, for a junior level coach like me and a college coach, being able to recruit athletes and tell them that there's a professional job potentially at the end of your uh, journey here, it would be a game changer for getting more elite athletes in our sport across the world. Um, and the venues are, you know, we don't have to build stadiums and stuff. The venues are already made. Um, there's great courses in our country. There's great courses all around the world. We could get these out with drone footage, with uh, cash prizes, with, um, you know, celebrity athletes like we're talking about coming out of these smaller boat races. Uh, you know, I think it would I think it would be a game changer. I think it would be powerful. I think it would. I'm... Great point. You're talking about getting more high school athletes in, in, in rowing. 
you know, guys and girls play basketball because they think they can make it to the, to, to, to the professional leagues. You would open up a whole lot more rowers. But now we're going to hear it from New Zealand side of things. So Eric Murray's going to be on the clock here, okay? And, and I think he has a much different perspective given that he's in a different part of the world. So Eric Murray, should we have a professional rowing league around the world? You are on the clock. I think it'd be great if we could have a professional league. Like, it'd be great for the sport. Um, yeah, as, as you say, more exposure. I think you have to look at the structure of it and say, what, what are we trying to achieve in rowing? Should we actually turn it into a sprint regatta? Um, or should we do it like a CrossFit where you turn up, you don't know what you're doing. Are we doing eights this week or are we doing fours this week? Or are we actually taking eight people and you're getting cut up into different events? So the whole idea of having the professional league, yeah, it's awesome. But we need to innovate. We need to have like Henley racing head to head, something like that where it's actually different because the, the fact is people sit there and they don't watch rowing because it takes so long and it is slightly boring. I'll agree. Whereas we're making these short and sharp really quick. Can we do, like, what can we do? Can we do a series where you have to do something off water, on water? Like, you know, look, we're trying to do coastal rowing where you're running, you're going around boys to make it enjoyable and so people will watch it and it's fun. Just like that Red Bull event they do in Switzerland where they're in the apes, they run it and then they jump in. So whatever we can do. So, you know, I... Eric finishes with 10 points. Mike's in the lead with 12. We got a really good game on our hands. Luke, unfortunately, is he's got like a lot of points to catch up on. Uh, Kerry with five points. And I know we've already heard two great, you know, explanations here. But Kerry, a female Olympic champion, should we have a professional league in the sport of rowing today? You're on the clock. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds great. It sounds magical. Is it realistic? I'm not sure because I think rowing has a lot of equipment. It's not like women's soccer or men's soccer or rugby where it's just kind of like you need the stadium and the ball and some shoes. Um, equipment's a big deal. It's a, it's a big obstacle. Do we need more racing? I mean, I think that expands on what we talked about in episode one. Yeah. And do we need to be more creative with how we do it? I like totally agree with Eric on all that. Um, would it be great to have prize money, like more kind of expand on what uh, the Gold Cup's doing in Philly with the single scholars? Yes. Do we have to think about how this is going to affect, you know, the athletes training for the Olympics? Yeah, because at the end of the day, a rower is going to want to win an Olympic medal over the Gold Cup. So, you know, oh. keeping to account, like, training schedule. I oh. still think... Oh, oh no. Yeah, time up. Oh, man. Oh, you got it. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait for the next time. I can't wait for the next time. You finished with nine points. Luke, you got to come up strong, man. You need five points to tie carry, six to advance, all right? You have 60 seconds to redeem yourself here. Should we have a professional rowing league in our sport today? You are on the clock. Well, Carrie's comment set me up nicely because she's saying in our sport, the pinnacle is the Olympics, right? When the dream team, our NBA team, goes to the Olympics, they have a nice time. They enjoy their time at the Olympics. And then they go back to their multi-million dollar day jobs in a professional sports league. And we need to do a better job of self-promotion of rowers, of making our rowers rock stars, right? If these two guys here could compete in a professional league There is no reason that we cannot create one ourselves. And so it's really on the rowing community not to just talk within it, but to promote outside of it, 
to elevate the status of guys like Murray and Bond because of the, the incredible abilities they have. If they were in a professional sport in the United States, they'd be worth hundreds of millions of dollars, full stop, right? So why, why can't we start to promote in the same way we promote all the sports in America and otherwise to make that money, bring it into right. rowing, still go to the Olympics? we get back from a word from our sponsors, I will tell you who advanced into the next round. So more from uh, us uh, here shortly. And we're back. Uh, it was a tight one. It was a tight one, and uh, I'm going to give it to Luke. Luke. Luke advances to the next round. Carey, winner of last week, out first this time go around. So now we're getting into what I consider my favorite part, the coaches yelling. So the way this works, everybody, and again, if you like what you hear, dislike what you hear, you agree or disagree, comment. Give us your comments, your feedbacks. We want to know if you agree with Eric Murray, if you think he's just dead wrong, especially Luke and Mike. I want to know if you guys agree with what you've heard so far. But now, coach is yelling. So now, these three, Mike, Luke, and Eric, are going to be on the clock for four minutes. This is a point for them to discuss and argue with one another about what they've done in the first two questions. So guys, in five, four, three, one, you're on the clock. Go ahead. Mate, you only talk about the eights, really, because you've got massive programs, and that's why you think it's the hardest. Whereas if you're actually talking about uh, squads and crews that have actually only got like a few people, they don't give a flying F about the eights. They just want to be in a boat that's going to win a gold medal. Exactly right. They just want to win a medal. They just want an easy path to a medal. So <laughs> but the out. thing is, a lot, of the, a lot of the time, it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to take eight people and win one medal? Or do you want to take those eight people and put them into a double, a pair, a four, and a single, or something like that, and then you've got four medals? So the right. problem is with the programs in America is you're actually just trying to get that eight Whereas actually, why don't we try and win 10 medals from the championships and do all of this other stuff? And well, if it, was the, if it was the Olympics, if it was the Olympics, I would be enthralled with that schedule. I'd love to watch you uh, row in the eight, the pair. I'd, I'd watch that all day long. But it's not, it's not you doing it a bunch of times. It's you doing it once and everybody gets to pick one. I wish the sport prioritized this is the top race, the second race, the third race, even at the Olympics. So when we were watching it, we would know um, – this is it. And well, some, think, some countries have it so weird. Like Australia has it really what? weird I'm with their Put both of them on you. Luke, you got a chance oh, now. Oh, mate. No, but no yeah. I, was, I, was enjoying, I was enjoying that argument. I was going to jump in. I, I was right about to jump in. But, no, I, I think they're both making great points. And, and in, in the United States, we, we do. We, we row eights. That's what we do. And so we prioritize it. We've made that our priority. But to everyone's point, um, especially to Mike's point, uh, figuring out what we're going to prioritize internationally so that everyone knows what they're supposed to be putting their top athletes into. That's how you help determine what is the hardest boat class. Because it's should, I, should I, dare I say, though, should the America, they keep prioritizing the eight and only the women seem to be the ones pulling it off. 
And oh, that, yeah. I, I mean, I can, sorry, I can explain that. There's a lot of truth to that. that. There's, oh, you know, it's, wow. Wow. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> you, Gary, so you hey, real quick, real quick. She is? I, I don't. <laughs> real quick, so I'm not the, uh, the big both monster. Shout out to the Quad Cities junior women. If uh, we would have a real hard time beating them in any sculling race, no matter what. And so would anyone else in the country. They, they are an elite sculling program. So, yeah. yeah. So, so the are we a lot of, a lot of the problem right now or just the first one? Uh, whatever you want to argue. I mean, right. you want to get, I, well, I think it's linked in, in terms of the professional sports, right? And, and mm. what the, and, and where we're going to go with that. And I like what, what Eric has to say in terms of, you know, do you take a group of athletes and break them down into different boat classes? Do we do something like CrossFit does? I mean, CrossFit invented a juggernaut out of nothing. They're like, Hey, let's work out. And then we're going to turn it into a sport. It's and it's worth everything now. Massive. Yeah, they made heaps of money about it, yeah. and that's and that's the thing. It's like we we submitted to that. We submitted to FISA about turning the Olympics into taking the eight completely out of it, and then you just take if you've got eight athletes from your country that are qualified, then you can put together an eight, race it on the final two days, heats on the Saturday, bombs on the Sunday. We, we we could have had uh, more athletes at the Olympics. We would have had 10, 15 eights from both men and women with the number of athletes that you had had in, and we would have had an amazing time. So if you took that into the professional model, then obviously we've got something really good. But, you know, you turn it into a professional model, you start kids training at 14, 15, you get a lot of pressure. Um, there's a whole lot of other different aspects around it that are going to be like positive and negative towards turning it into a professional league for sure. And it will take now, away from the Alex, Olympics. I'm I'm saying this every week, Alex. Our tradition is our double-edged sword. We we we're we're steeped in rich tradition as this sport, uh, but it's really hindering us from moving forward. And these other sports that are figuring out how to turn their sports into marketing machines and hype machines. Uh, I mean, this is a grueling, difficult sport. It requires a lot of talent, or a lot of talent to make a boat go fast. So. Why can't we glorify that? You know, I, you I just know need, you just need Eric Murray in the boat and it'll go real get more down <laughs> in America go. out. I mean, we're very, we're very, we like to show off in America. I think that's kind of our reputation. If there's something like this at the end of the line, as much as they need to be developed properly, this is going to draw better athletes into the sport. And the reason the women's eight is killing it every year and the men's eight is not is I, I fully believe they have a deeper pool of, of not rowers, but of elite athletes rowing. And that is the difference. NCAA, NCAA support. So you, you, you probably got, the thing is you got more, the thing is with the woman is you seem to have more of them that want to go on to the elite. It's not so much the, that you have them there, it's that you've got them going there. Whereas a lot of the guys are just like, I don't give a shit. And then they just don't want to carry on or they train half-assed and they're just like pissing off around there. There's no set training program as much and, and whatever. Close, done for the... Four minutes and 50 seconds. Could have been a better four minutes, 50 seconds of coaches yelling ever. That was perfect. When we get back uh, from a short break of our sponsors, uh, Carrie and I are going to discuss who won that round and, and who was out. So more from us uh, in a couple seconds here. Hey, guys. It's Luke from Rower Academy, where we give you the information, tools, and training you need to successfully navigate the college recruiting process. Check us out at roweracademy.com and start training for your future today. Well, we're back, and uh, I could not be more thrilled with those five minutes. Uh, and again, if you have comments, if you agree or disagree, you have got to send us your comments. Send us your messages. If you think someone could dethrone Carrie or Wallen or possibly Eric, I think he's in the lead right now, uh, tell us who that is and we'll get him on the show. So, Carrie, I need your help. Uh, 
I need so Luke spent half the time just with his jaw dropped admiring these guys' discussion. Mike had a couple good things. I think Eric is the clear winner in that round. I know he's moving on. So my question to you is who's advancing against Eric? Is it Wallet or is it Luke? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of just chat there. Sometimes I didn't really understand what the point was of all of it, like where we were headed. There was a lot of back and forth. Um, I agree. I think Eric was the most consistent throughout that, just at least talking. Um, between Luke and Mike, you know, I'm going to say both had strong moments, which, again, I wasn't really sure always what they were trying to say. But um, I'm going to give it to Luke this just to change things up a little bit. All Here right. You know, I, I had circled him in here. I said that he was the winner. Mike, I'm sorry, you're muted, but you're gonna help me answer who wins this round. So now Luke and, and, and Eric, this is what we're gonna do. You're basically gonna get, you're gonna get 45 seconds each to answer two questions, okay? We're gonna go, we're gonna go back and forth. These are questions that you guys are not prepared for, all right? And I'm not gonna be thumbs up or down. We're gonna, we're gonna rely on Wallen and Carrie to give us the winner, okay? So here we go. We're going to let Luke go first on this one. Actually, no. Didn't we do a coin toss last time? Hang on. Coin toss. And I'm going to let Eric Murray call it. Call in the, head, call in the air. Heads I win, tails he loses. Head you wins, tails he... Yeah, you win. Heads it is. All right. So you <laughs> go first or last? Uh, I'll go second. Okay. Luke, are you ready? No, but let's do this. You have 45 seconds. So... In, in rowing talks, specifically the United States, but really the globe, and especially at the Olympic level, there's a lot of talk about lightweight rowing, okay? Good or bad and different. I want to know what we, as a, as a group of rowers around the world, should do about lightweight rowing. You're on the clock. It's the unpopular answer, I think, but we need to ax it. I mean, I, I rowed at 185 pounds and was still able to make a mark. We've seen a lot of lightweight rowing uh, go very, very fast. The Danes in the straight four, for example, um, they were extremely fast. Uh, so straight four rowing, you're, you're getting very close. Um, maybe I'm biased because I was a midweight. There wasn't a category for me. You know, it was heavyweight. It was lightweight. But um, I'm not sure that we should perpetuate lightweight rowing specifically because of health implications for youth rowers that don't understand how they should be doing it. Should we continue it at an elite level? Yeah, maybe. But I think at the youth level, it's, it can be potentially dangerous to have lightweight rowing. You know, I, I got to tell you, Luke, I thought you would have said the exact opposite. Uh, Eric Murray, you are uh, same question on a global scale. What should we do about lightweight rowing? You're on the clock. Well, it's dictated by the IOC, so they want to exit. Um, personally, I don't think so, um, because you're actually just shutting out a whole uh, a whole group of people that are actually enjoying the sport, and they want to enjoy the sport, but they can't compete with the likes of the Eric and Hamish at, a, at a 95 to 100 kilograms. Whereas some of them, as you say, the Danes go super quick. Um, you look at the lightweight doubles going super quick. And so if they're, I do agree it should be an age-restricted thing, like nobody under 21 should be doing it. Maybe the weight range needs to come up a little bit. Everyone's 75 kgs. Shit, I don't know what that is in pounds or less. Um, and basically, that's the way that we should run it because it is super competitive. And we are actually just going to lose a whole lot of people. And at the collegiate level, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it should be there. But if you actually look uh, back in history, probably 10 years ago, there was heaps of people doing it. All right. Two conflicting uh, responses. Uh, you know, Eric, I got to say, Eric, 
had a bit of an explanation of what you could do or what you should do. So I, I appreciate that. Now, this is a it's a it's a different kind of question, um, and uh, it's very subjective. But I I kind of want to know your opinions, Luke. You're up here. Um, who is the best team in the world today? Who is the best team in the world today? You got 30 seconds. You're on the clock. Yeah, I I know this is going to feel like a cop out, but I don't have an answer because we we're not we're not going to get the chance to find out who the best team is. And that, and that's the point is, you know, we race, we race year over year to find out on a given day who the best team is. Right. And we're, we're not going to have that chance. So I, I can't, can't sit here and just say, Oh, you know, it's, it's internationally, the Brits are the best team where the U S is going to be the best team. We, we, we don't have that, that capability. So, um, and, and even if, even when we do it, right. I think right. well, it's a no answer. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, he's right. We're, we're in 2020. We don't have an Olympic championship. We don't have the worlds, but look, question goes to you, Eric. I want to see how you answer this thing, man. I want to know in your, in your mind right now, who is the best team in the world? You're on the clock. Uh, okay. Best team. I'm going to say it's a crew. I'm going to say it's New Zealand's women's double. Um, why? Because the only race that they haven't won in this Olympiad, was the final in Sarasota, okay? So they've won everything, World Cups, Henleys, you name it, everything they've been to, they've won it. So if you're looking for a consistency, they're the only crew in this Olympiad that's pretty, well, has nearly gone unbeaten. So they're like the only one. If we talk about a program. All right, there it is. I, oh, we're out of time. So I, great answer. And you know what? I, I, I got to say, I didn't even know that. I had no idea that they were undefeated up until Sarasota. So when we get back from word from our sponsors, I'm going to have Carrie and Wallen help me out here to determine a winner. I think I know who the winner is, but we'll see what happens. More from us soon. And we're back. Uh, look, I... Look, I know I'm the, I'm the host, okay, and, and I think I know the winner. I mean, he just keeps winning and winning and winning, even after rowing. But I want to leave it to Wallen and Kerry. I want to bring you guys in here. You know, we have an Olympic champion. We have a, a, a guy who's going to win championship after championship on the national level as a, as a head coach of a program. I want to know, how do you guys feel about how Luke and Eric did here in the finals? Wallen, uh, I, uh, it, was, it was a great final. I uh, agree strongly with a lot of Luke's points, uh, but uh, Eric's arguments were really good and, and got me thinking about some other stuff, so. All right, there's one. So, Carrie, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. I think they both were strong competitors. I think the last question, when I, you asked it, I immediately thought about the New Zealand women's team from 2019 just being the strongest, and that's what I went off of, and because it aligned best with Eric's argument, women's double from New Zealand. Like, I'm just going to give it to him on that. You know, it must be tough just to win all the time, Eric. You just win, you win. You got seven, eight, nine. I don't even know how many world championships. You got two Olympic gold medals. So there it is, everybody. We got a winner. We got Eric Murray as a winner. Uh, first appearance on Rower's Choice, coaches yelling. Luke, two second places. Actually, by the numbers, Luke is doing the best out of everybody because he's got two – Second place is right, and if, yeah, I think that no, no, yeah, and Wallace shaking his head. We'll 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 figure that out later. But we're gonna go around the horn here. Uh, Carrie in fourth place. Carrie, tell me how you felt about today's uh, episode. 
Yeah, no, I think some days you have good training and some days you have not so good training. And I think I needed to bring more energy today and it showed. So good job, everyone. I, I didn't bring the heat. <laughs> Mike in third place. Uh, great showing. How do you feel today? I'm just, I'm just sad that, you know, my beard didn't get to face off against Eric's beard in the final. But, um, you know, it was great. It was great to lock horns with these guys again. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And by the way, uh, you have a polo shirt on and a background that we could see your face. So thank you for, for <laughs> giving us your presence today. Uh, and we see the whole head, which is even better. Last, uh, in second place, a second, second time finish here, uh, Luke Walton, man. How are you feeling today? You know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That seems to be my story on this, uh, on this show. Uh, I'll come back next time wearing that silver medal. I still have yet to be able to put this one on, but I am hopeful it's coming. I'm shaping the brim every day. I'll get there. Well, thank you for your time today. Uh, well, the man in charge, the, the winner, the first ever Eric Murray, Olympic champion and coaches yelling champion, man. How are you feeling today? Oh, this means so much more than an Olympic gold medal. Um, <laughs> no, hey, look, it's, it's a bit of fun. It's actually quite nice to get perspectives from other people. Um, you know, normally we're just talking rubbish amongst ourselves, but to actually get sort of a bit of international experience and, and sort of listen to these guys as well, um, it's great. Well, this has been a wonderful time and a pleasure, guys. Seriously, this is a, the pleasure is all mine, having you part of this show. This has been nothing but fun, episode three, and we're going to hope to do many more. But what we're only going to do more is you watch them and you give us your comments. Uh, and again, thank you for watching Rower's Choice Coaches Yelling. How are we going? <laughs>